You know, uh, can I just brag about what God is doing, how great he is? I mean, not that I have much to do with it. Honestly, I don't. But God is so good. He's so good. I couldn't have imagined uh, all this would happen. In fact, even the mission team came like six months ago. And we, had, like, we were planning our second church, and now we have five. It's crazy. It's crazy what God does. We've uh, built three churches, just built the buildings from nothing. Uh, and we're building our fourth, our mission center in Belanga. We're going to have a school for young kids to come and learn. And we're so excited about that. Uh, we actually, uh, I teach a Bible college for new pastors who want to come, and we have our first class graduating uh, today, actually, in the Philippines. And we've got 37 students that are graduating and want to come work and do what we do. It's awesome. God is so good. We've been able to feed kids, take care of them. In fact, we have a group of kids that come uh, every week, and we, you know, they're just street kids. They walk a long time to come, and uh, you know, we give them shoes and clip their nails. We have a couple ladies in our church. This is what they do. They clip their nails and comb their hair and uh, make sure that they have everything they need. And then we feed them in the morning. You saw the kids, they're eating on the banana leaves. That's what we do every Sunday when they, when they come. And it's, it's just so awesome. They got so good to be able to let us do these things there. It's just amazing. I'm so blessed by it. So uh, I wanted to welcome everybody here. Also, we've got the American Fork joining us via video. So welcome to you guys. And if anybody's watching in the Philippines, welcome also. Uh, Can we just stand up and pray? I love to stand up and pray. I know you guys are all comfortable, but sometimes I think just the presence of God deserves reverence. And when we stand, we give the respect that he deserves. So let's just do that. Father God, I thank you so much for what you're doing, not just in the Philippines, but around the world, that you're working and you continue to work in this day. And God, as we talk about impacting the world, I just ask that you give me wisdom that I would speak your words, but that our eyes would be opened, our hearts would be opened, and that we would start to impact our world, God, for you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, you guys can sit down now. That's awesome. So I get the pleasure of, of talking about impacting the world. One of the visions of this church when it started, Eric used to talk about it, he still does, is life, world, dream. And it's one of the visions that founded this church. And it continues on. And uh, I was chosen to speak about impacting your world. And so I get to do that today. And hopefully I get to honor the vision that was given you know, to Pastor Eric before I think uh, when we talked, he used to, you know, he came out last year. I don't know if you guys know that. He came out and we spent a lot of time together. And he just was so proud that God was moving through him and his vision, through somebody as insignificant as me, to do what God had shown him he was going to do from the beginning. And so I get to speak about that. I'm so blessed. But to talk about impacting our world, first I need to talk about what it means to impact. See, when you impact something, it's one object that comes in contact with another object with such force that it causes an effective change. That's what impact is. 
So one object, one person, God impacting you or somebody else, causing an effective change. That's what impact is. Sometimes we say these things, I want to impact my world, but we don't know what it means. We don't know that it's, it's you and God in you working to impact somebody that he puts in front of you. And that requires contact. It requires a, a sense of power, a force, and a direction. It requires movement. All these things. And so when we talk about impacting our world, first I want to talk about, have we been impacted? In order to impact something, first you have to be impacted. You can't just be by yourself and have no effective change in your life in order to impact something else. You have to be moving, which means something had to have come in contact with your life to make you go in a certain direction. This happened to me. I was impacted. See, God came into my life and he changed my life in ways that I could not have imagined. He impacted me and changed the course of my life. Thanks, Adam. And it will never be the same. See, I was going one direction. And God came into my life through people and connected with me. And suddenly, my life went in a new direction. I was impacted. In order to impact anything, first you have to have been impacted. Has God touched your life in such a way that your life is not the same as it once was? If it's not, then, then please don't listen to the rest part of what I'm going to talk about when I say impacting the world because you can't yet. First, you need to be impacted yourself. And that's okay if that's where you are. God desires to change your life. He wants you to experience him in a way that you will never be the same. He wants you to see him and know him in such a way that you can't keep going the way you were going. You can't keep pursuing the things that that were in you, that were being destructive in your life. You can't do that. But he's such a gracious God. He, he will pursue you. He like chases you until he meets you and he impacts your life and he affects you. And he will do that. And maybe that's today for you. Maybe you will experience God today in a way that you've never experienced him before. And maybe you will be impacted and thrust into, new, into a new direction that will not only change your life, but the lives of those around you. Not only impact your life, but impact the world around you. That's what happened to me. It was amazing. I couldn't have planned it. You see, people from, from this church even impacted me. You know, uh, about four years ago, Ira saw me, and I was, I was not in a, good, in a good place in my life. I was struggling, really struggling. I'd been through so much, and I'd caused so much destruction, and, and he just he looked at me and said, you know what, let's go have pizza. I didn't know him. He's like, you know, I just want to reach out to you. Let's go have pizza. And he talked to me. He's like, you know, I know this great pizza place. It has like New York pizza, like not crappy Utah pizza, but like real pizza. So I want to take you there. And he didn't know that that moment where he impacted my life and encouraged me. We had lunch and he talked to me and he said, God has more for you than this. He didn't know that at that moment, I was impacted and changed. 
He couldn't have known. But God used him and God will use people in your life to impact you. And in that impact, something happens. You start to move in a new direction. You start to go in a new direction. And this direction starts to change the things around you. And you start knocking into other people. It's kind of like a pool table. You get hit. Suddenly you're going. You don't even know where you're going, but you start knocking into stuff. You start to impact things. That's what happened to me. I started impacting things. And it was amazing because I was impacted first. You know, we can't affect things without being impacted first. We can't do that. I know there's a lot of people and a lot of programs and a lot of political programs and things out there that will say, we want to go impact the world. And I see it all the time. Like, they have resources or they have political agendas and they want to feed people or do this and it's really fruitless. You see these organizations and they are, you know, have a lot of corruptive things in them. You see these, these programs and they're meant to change a whole society without touching anybody individually. And it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Because when you are impacted by the power of God and you start knocking at other things, there's this personal contact that happens. And impact is one object coming into contact with another object that creates change. So this is what happened to me. This is what happened to me. I just got impacted. And what I want to ask you, my first question to do is, have you been impacted? Have you experienced God in a way that changed you? I, I want to tell you that even if you don't know the answer, you're here today because you have been. You just don't know it yet. See, you're not here by accident. You're not here because of any other reason but that God puts you here so that he can touch your life. And maybe somebody invited you. Maybe this is your first time here. Maybe it's your thousandth time here. doesn't matter. But you're sitting here listening to me talk about God because God wants to reveal himself to you. And that interaction you had that brought you here has impacted your life. And hopefully it continues to impact your life as you grow to know God more and more and more. And you become one who's been hit and starts to impact other things. Because that's what impact is. And when we talk about impacting our world, it starts like that. It's kind of like an avalanche. You know, an avalanche doesn't start as a whole mountain falling down. An avalanche starts as one little stone, one little rock that was impacted and starts to move. And suddenly that impact causes it to affect another stone or another piece of ice, and suddenly those affect more and more and more until the side of a mountain comes crumbling down. And the earth shakes, and people get out of the way, and it it's, could be devastating and powerful, or it can be amazingly beautiful. But it starts not by one big thing that happens, but just one object coming into contact with another object with enough force to make the change. 
and it ripples down, and it continues in effect. See, Ira didn't know that that lunch with me would then affect my life in such a way that I could be able to do what I do now. Ira didn't know that he was affecting people all the way across the world. See, I don't just live all the way across the world. I live as far away as you can get without coming back. (laughs) The exact opposite of the point of the world from where we're sitting today is about 75 miles off the coast where I live. You can't get any farther. But the people who have impacted my life, my family members, the people that God used in my life to change my life have then impacted people across the world. You don't know that that's going to happen, but it does. All of you have impacted me that way. And it's amazing. And those simple things that happen have enabled me to be able to feed kids who don't have food and clothe them when they don't have clothes and do all this amazing stuff that I never even knew I could do through him in his power in what he wants to do. It's amazing. And I want to share with you the three things that I have learned about impacting your world. See, not that I'm anything or I have like huge amounts of experience, but there's three things that I do every day that enable me to do what God has made me to do and impact my world. And so far, I mean, I don't have a grand plan here. I just kind of do this every day. I don't know what's going to happen. I didn't plan to have five churches. I didn't plan to do what is happening now. I just knew that when I went to the Philippines that God was going to use me. And he sent me and he said, Batan, I'm going to do something there and I want you to be there. And I want you to do it with me. I said, okay. I don't got all the plans. I don't have all the answers. You know, Eric, he came to visit me last year and he said, he said, wow, this is really awesome. He said, you know, if I was here, I would have done things so much smarter than you. I said, thanks, Eric. He's like, no, 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 let me finish. I would have planned and I would have put a, this thing in place and everything would have been perfect and the sound systems would have been perfect and uh, everything would have been in place. He's like, but that's why God didn't send me here. He's like, you're here because you just wake up and you go do it. And you start knocking into people and you start affecting people. He's like, you're not as smart as me, but God's using you. And then he started to tell me, he's like, but you know, I, let me give you, you could do things so much better. He's like, let's, I want you to like, look at, what if we planted one church a month? And I said, I can't even like, go farther than I am right now. Like, I'm stretched. Like, God's got to do this. I was like, Eric, I don't have this plan. I, even, I didn't start by making all these plans, and I'm not going to start now. I was like, how about we just wake up tomorrow and we go where God wants us to go? He said, okay, that's a good plan too. So, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but God uses these three things in me, and I hope that I can communicate these to you so he uses them in you also. Number one, walk in the Spirit. Number two, look with love, and number three, be prophetic. These sounds like church words, and maybe you don't understand what they mean, but they're a lot more simple than you might think. So I want to explain them to you. Number one, walk in the Spirit. 
Galatians 5, 16 and 17 says this, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Ephesians 5, 15, and 16 says this. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. You see, there's, there's two dynamics of things that go on when you're a follower of Jesus. There's the things of this world and there's the things of the kingdom of God. And they exist together, but completely separate. And when you follow him, what Paul is saying is you have to choose to deny the things of this world. The things in you and the things of this world that are against his purposes and plans for your life. He made you to impact the world. You are made for something that is great and marvelous for more than you could imagine. And in order to become those things, you have to start to walk according to his plans and purposes for your life. And it's really not that hard. It just is something you have to do every day. See, when you go and impact the world, you don't just go with this great thing and and have these huge events. It starts small. It's a small thing. It's waking up and deciding, am I going to do the things that I want to do that make me feel good, and, or am I going to do the things that God wants me to do today? And these things aren't necessarily bad, and sometimes there's time for them. Sometimes God wants you to do the things that fulfill your soul. And there's time for that, but sometimes he wants you to get out and follow him. See, these things for me, they're, they're not going to be the same as they are for you. For me, you know, sometimes I just want to sit and watch basketball games all day. You know, I just want to do that. I'm, I'm a jazz fan. I want to do that. You know, for you, it might be football. I don't know. Maybe you're a Packers fan, and then I feel bad for you. <laughs> but sometimes I just... I want to be lazy, and sometimes I just don't want to be obedient. Sometimes I I would rather just not do the things that he wants me to do. And so I get distracted. These things often come in forms of distraction. There's always something that comes up. When you have to make a decision whether you're going to follow and live in the things of the world or live in the things of the kingdom of God and walk in the spirit, you're going to have to make this decision a lot because there's so many distractions that come up. Things that will keep you from walking in the way that God wants you to walk. A problem, a situation, a fight that you might be tempted to fight. A desire, maybe a sinful desire. These things are all in opposed to the kingdom of God. That's why Paul is saying, walk in the spirit, not in the flesh, because the things of the flesh are opposed to the things of the spirit. So you have to wake up and you have to decide, am I going to be a follower of Jesus today or am I going to try and make Jesus follow me today? Which one am I going to do? Sometimes, I'll just be honest, sometimes 
I don't necessarily make the right choice. But every day I have this decision to make. Am I going to walk in the spirit or am I going to walk in the things of this world? Which one? Am I going to try and buy the thing that I want? Am I going to try and pursue that? Or am I going to look to Jesus and say, okay, God, what are we doing today? What do you want today? What's, gonna, what's it going to take to follow you today? Where are we going? And it's really that simple. That's what it is. Waking up, and I help myself by making these declarations. One of them for me is I wake up and I say to myself, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of salvation to those who believe. It's like a declaration for me. It's like I'm going to live by the Spirit today. I'm not going to be ashamed of this. I'm not going to be quiet. I'm not going to be stuck inside in myself. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to do what God has for me to do. And you know what? What God has for you to do is not going to be the same thing that God has for me to do. Not all of you are called to go across the world to do these things. Most of you are called to do exactly what God has for you to do right where you are. Right where you are. Are you going to walk in the spirit today when you get out and go to the grocery store, when you go to work, when you wake up with your family, when you encounter people? Or are you going to walk in your, in your flesh? That's the decision we have to make. That's really what it means to walk in the spirit. It means these two things. To know who you are in the kingdom of God. And to know who God is that is with you. If you know those two things, not just say them, but believe in them and walk in them, it will make this decision so much easier for you. Because you won't be stuck in your own selfishness. You won't be stuck in your own, maybe, lack of confidence. Because if you know who you are in the kingdom of God, then you will know that you're made for more than just watching a basketball game. Not that watching, watching a basketball game is a bad thing, but you're made to do more than that. You are. Guys, God called you out of the world so that you can be more than that. He saved you for more than that. He has called you for more than that and you can be more than that because that who's who you are in the kingdom of God empowered through him. And then you get to know who God is and it's amazing because you can overcome anything. Whatever distractions, whatever problems you have, whatever relationships, issues you have, if you know who God is, then you can walk in the Spirit through any issue. I love to think about the story of Jesus when he's in the boat with the disciples and the big storm is coming in. And the waves are crashing over the boat and the winds are knocking it back and forth, so much so that the boat is about to sink. It's overcome with water and Jesus is sleeping in the stern of the boat on a cushion. And the disciples, they're freaking out. They go and wake him up. Jesus, don't you know we're about to die? Don't you care? We're about to drown. Don't you care? 
So Jesus gets up and he wakes up and he tells the wind and the waves and the storm. He says, be quiet, be still. And then he turns to the disciples. He says, you have little faith. Why are you afraid? And he's like, don't you know that the creator of the universe, the God of all things is in your boat with you? Don't you know that? If you knew that, then you wouldn't be afraid. Like, God is in my boat. God is with me. You could stand up in front of that storm. Just say, bring it on. Bring it on. Don't you know who's in my boat? The creator of the universe, the God of all things is in my boat. He's with me. And you want to try and sink him? We can know this because the God of the universe has put his spirit inside of you. He is with you. The Bible says, what can man do to me? What can anything do to me? When I am walking in the spirit and the God of the universe is with me, what can anybody do? You can wake up. And you can say, I am made to impact my world because of the love that Jesus Christ has given me, because of the power that he's endowed me with, because of who he's made me to be, and because he is with me. You encounter a problem on your, on your way? Good luck to that. The God of the universe is with you. And then things start to happen. You can look at any problem the way that God looks at it. See, last week I was driving and a motorcycle came whipping around and cut through four lanes and I hit him straight on. I was going about 45 miles an hour. It's a little 200cc motorcycle and it was this guy and his girlfriend on the back and they went flying. And I was freaked out. I went and picked him off the side of the road, and there's no ambulances or 911 there. So I put him in my car, and we drove straight to the hospital. The lady was unconscious. And we get to the hospital, and God had protected them. They were totally fine. I don't know how. The guy had one bruise on his leg, and that was it. A little bruise. I mean, I hit a little motorcycle at 45 miles an hour. They should be dead. But that was a moment where could have been a bad situation. But God had put that in my life for a reason. And I told the guy, see, it was his daughter's birthday. We went and bought his daughter a cake and some stuff for his birthday, and we drove him home. I said, you know, God put you in my way for a reason. This isn't an accident. He saved you. Don't you know you should be dead by now? But you're here. You're alive. Not only alive, but he protected you. You're not even injured. This is amazing. I was like, God wants to touch you. I have impacted you. Like literally, I hit you with my car. Literally, I impacted you. And I've caused you to move. Like, you flew like 40 feet. 
But God wants to get your attention. You're made for more than this. I was like, why did God do this? Why, why is it that God puts you in my way? And, and what does God want to tell you? And the guy, he just starts like confessing every sin he's ever done. Like he's like, when I was five, I stole from my teacher and just went on for like an hour. I was like, that's not quite what I meant, but keep going if, if God's showing you stuff. It's like God loves you. He has a plan. He has a purpose for you. And God puts you in my way and I've just impacted you. And now your life is never going to be the same. Ever. Because God touched him in that moment. And that's, that's what happens when you walk in the spirit. You start to see these things and impact people and because you made that choice. I'm going to live by your way, not my way today. I could have gotten mad. What are you doing? You're so stupid. Like, who does that? You ran across three lanes, blew by the chickens, and hit my car. You know, but God put him there for a reason. For a reason. Number two, look with love. This is so important, guys. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We have to look with love. He calls us to look at people not as we see them. It's so easy. It's so easy to just look at people and look at the bad things about them. You walk by and maybe you don't, you go to work, you don't like your boss, he hasn't given you a raise. You've got the annoying coworker you don't want to talk to, you avoid. You've got the relative you don't agree with, the crazy uncle. In my house, I am the crazy uncle. And there's all these things, and you, you, we have a tendency in ourselves to see people that way. We see the homeless guy. We see the drunk. We see all the problems. But what does God say? He says, I first loved you, so go and love. He says, those people, if you know me, you'll love. If you don't, you won't love paraphrased. You have to. If you've received God's love, if God has impacted you, if you have experienced his love in your life and his forgiveness, it comes out. You have to love. You want to impact your world? Start loving people. It starts with how you see them. See, with the guy who I hit with my car, I could have seen him in so many different ways. People could have seen me in so many different ways. Ira could have seen me how I was. You know, he didn't know me, but I promise you, he wouldn't have liked me if he did. It's true. My family's here. They can testify to that. But what Ira saw in me was not those things 
but was the love that God had for me because he had been loved. He saw me not as I was, but as God would have me be. He saw me and he looked with love. And there's people in my life who have seen me and looked with love and I can look at people that way with love. You can start to look at people that way in love and see who God has them to be, not who maybe they are or they were. Eric was so good at this. I, I really learned a lot about this from him. He saw me as a man of God, not one of destructive desires and impulses. There's so many people in your life. He, God wants you to look at them with love. You know what? But let me be honest. First, you have to look at them. You know, I came here, and one of the things I noticed about coming here this time is everything's so sanitary and isolated. And people are isolated. We drive, I was driving with my cousin down the road yesterday, he said, what's the difference here? And I said, people are not connected. Like, you can't see anybody. I drive down the road, and all I see is cars and big buildings with high walls, and I don't see anybody. And we don't want to see anybody. We don't want to see people. We find ways not to see people. But you still see people every day. You go into the grocery store. You interact with your kids and your, their school and all these things that we do. And my encouragement to you is to stop and look at those people. Just look at them. They're there. They're not there by accident. They're there for a reason, just like you're here for a reason. And in order to impact people, we have to Acknowledge them. We have to see them. We have to look at them. Start looking. Open your eyes. Everybody you meet, God has put in your way for a reason. He's put there for a reason. You know, one of my classes I was teaching for the Bible school for the pastors was about evangelism. And one of the ladies, she was saying, oh, I'm going to pray that God gives me somebody to talk to, like a divine appointment. I'm going to tell somebody and I'm going to wait until God gives me that person. It's like, how many people do you see every day? Like, you go to the market and you buy fish. That lady, she's there for a reason. You, pump, you, you go pay the gas attendant. They're there for a reason. But now we do it with, like, the credit cards so we don't have to see anybody. But you still encounter people every day. Your workplace, all these places... Look at them. See them. See people. They're there for a reason. Everybody you meet every day is there for a reason, and you can impact them. If you walk in the Spirit, if you make that choice, if you see people with love, you can impact them. You're here in Draper, Utah. Now, Jesus changed the world with 12 people. How many people do we have here today? Like 200, 300? I don't know. If you encountered people every day and impacted them every day, 
this place would already be changed. It would already be changed. And you know what? I expect it to be changed. Next time I come back, I want to see, like, this place is different. Because you guys have learned to look at people, to get up, walk in the Spirit, look at people, and look at them with love. With the love that God has put in you. With the love that God has placed in you. You're not doing this by yourself. You've been impacted. You're being impacted. God's put His Spirit in you. He's put His love in you. He's given you love. You love because He first loved you. Start to look at people like that. You know, the cashier lady who checks you out of the grocery store. Like, she's an awesome person. I don't know her yet, but you will. She's amazing. She probably has kids and, you know, she's struggling with something. And you get the opportunity to know her, to see her the way maybe nobody else has seen her before in her life with love that's unconditional. You have that opportunity to look with love. And that's number two of the three keys. Number three is this. Be prophetic. And guys, I don't mean like be a prophet, like a future teller person. God does do that and can use that, but that's not what I'm talking about today. You know, and I'm not saying like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm just going to be so prophetic in myself. But I'm going to use the word, I don't use a lot of Hebrew or Greek, because in the Philippines, I'm just trying to get across like an English point. Like we're, we're still working on English, and then if I get into Hebrew, then we're way beyond where I should be. But you guys can handle it. So the word is nabi. It's a Hebrew word. It's actually the first word that was used for a prophet or a prophecy. And it means to speak the words of God. And I love the connotation because it says, bubbling forth like from a fountain. How amazing is that picture? Like to speak the words, but not only speak them, but have them come out from you as if like you're bubbling forth from a fountain and you just can't stop it. Like it just starts to come out all the time, all around you. It's not some special mystical thing. It's the words of God that are coming out from you, touching the people that you've encountered. It's the force that causes the change and the impact. Be prophetic. Do you know we, we have the word of God? Have you, ever, have you ever read the Bible? Have you heard of it? Like, I have one. And everything that God wants to say is there. It's amazing. Everything that God wants to say, he's written. The words of God, the prophetic words of God are written in this book. And so... I have everything that God desires to tell people right here. Not only that, but as I read it, it transforms my mind, deposits into my heart, and it starts to bubble up like a fountain. It comes out. And I can be prophetic. It's actually not even that crazy. 
Like you have these, these things that people, that God wants to say to people, and he's already said them, he's already written them. So you don't need to be special. You are special, but you don't need to be. Because what you have is you can tell people, do you know that God has a plan and a purpose for you? You're struggling, but this isn't it. There's more. Do you know that God loves you so much that he would do anything to be with you? That he will pursue you until the day you die because he desires to be with you for all of eternity. The lady at the cash register, maybe she has three kids and maybe her husband left her and maybe she's really struggling. Do you know that God has made you for amazing things? And right now, you might just see what you have in front of you, but God has more for you. He loves you. You weren't loved by your husband, but God loves you. You weren't pursued, but God is pursuing you. This is what I mean by being prophetic, the words of God coming out and impacting the lives of the people that you encounter. And doing this. This, this is what, what it looks like. You know, I was prophetic to the guy who I hit last week. God has a plan for you. He wants you to change. He wants your life to change. He doesn't want you to be who you are now, but who he created you to be. He made you with desires and gifts and abilities, and you will never know what they are until you start to live the way that he has made you to live. He has made you to impact the world, people. Let me be prophetic to you. He has made you here at the Adventure Church to impact the state of Utah. I can say that with confidence because he said it. Go, therefore, to the whole world, teaching them everything I have said to you, baptizing them, He's made you for that. That's me being prophetic to you. Not only that, but he desires to change our state, our country. Just as he brought me to the Philippines and he said, Kevin, I'm bringing you to Bataan because I'm going to change Bataan. Just as God has called me there and he desires to change that, you know what? I know he's going to change that. I know before I am done, that that province will be changed. I see it. I see it now. In the kingdom of God, he is working and he is moving and he is changing hearts, minds, and lives. And he desires to do that in your world. Not every one of you is going to go across the world, but every one of you is in the world that God has put you in. And you have the ability to touch it. You have the ability to impact the people that God has put in front of you. If you remember these three things, it will be so much easier for you. All you have to remember them. I love what Jeremiah 20 verse 9 says. He says, 
If I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. I love that. You have the word of God in you, and it wants to come out like the bubbling fountain that it is. So much so that if you try and hold it in and not speak and not do the things that he's made you to do and not speak the way that he has called you to speak to the people that he's put in front of you, it should be like a fire that is shut up in your bones. I've tried not to and it hurts. You know the days where I decide I'm going to live according to the world and do my own thing? I'm so tired at the end of those days. I know that there's stuff that should have come out that didn't. It's kind of like being spiritually constipated. <laughs> and like, it just has to come out. If it, if it doesn't, then I struggle at the end of the day. But if you get up, you say, today, I'm going to do the things that God has me to do. Then you get to do the things that God has made you to do. I mean, I get to do amazing things. I get to feed little kids who don't have anything. I get to make sure that kids go to school. I get to share the word of God with people who have no hope. I get to tell people who have never left their little impoverished neighborhood that there's more for them than what they have seen, that they don't have to get pregnant and have babies at 13 years old, that God has more for them than that. I get to say that. That's amazing stuff. I get to see inmates come out of jail. I get to see lives changed. I get to see people who didn't have a house now have a house. I get to do all that. Or I could watch a basketball game. You know? Or I could sleep in an extra two hours. Or I could, you know, eat more rice because we don't have anything cool. We just eat rice. (laughs) You know? You would probably eat apple pie. I'd be eating my rice thinking about apple pie. (laughs) But whatever it is that You know that battle. You know that struggle. There's things that are in yourself that God says, you know, those are for a time, but maybe today I have something else for you. So you get up and you walk in the Spirit. You get outside your door. You walk. The Bible uses a lot of terms like walk, go, be, so that you don't sit on the couch so much. Right? Walk in the spirit. You kind of—it's not like parenthetically walk. Like you should probably actually walk in the spirit. And because you you can't encounter people if you're not walking or moving. It's like I'm going to sit on my couch and hope that somebody comes to me. It doesn't work that way. Your doors are locked. You know you don't even let people step on your lawn. How are they going to get to you? No, get outside your door. Walk in the Spirit. Make that choice. Every day, you have that choice in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. 
And then look at people with love because you can do it because you've been loved. Because you've been loved so much. I've been loved so much. I didn't deserve it, but I've been loved so much in my life that I can look at people that I once didn't love and have so much love for them. No matter what, no matter what they do, it doesn't matter. And then I can be prophetic. I can speak the words of God. I can be a prophet. I can be a, a man who speaks the message of God to people. Those are the three keys, guys. It's not that complicated. It's not that, even that spiritual. It's just God working every day to impact the world. And when you do it, you never know. Just like Ira inviting me out to lunch, you never know what that's going to bring, an avalanche that could change the whole world through one simple act of doing these things. So let's just stand up and pray as we close today. Father God, we just we thank you so much that you impacted us. That you've brought us to a place where we can experience your love, your grace, your forgiveness. That you have changed our lives. God, we desire to be who you've called us to be. Empower us through your spirit to be these things. To walk in the spirit, to look at people with the love that you have for them, and to be prophetic and speak the words of God that you've given us. God, just change our worlds. There's so many people that need change, and use us to do that. Empower us in our workplaces, in our families, in our grocery stores, in our neighborhoods, in our little league games, wherever we are. We desire that you work, God. We want to follow you today. And you know, if there's anybody here who haven't experienced God or maybe this is your first time experiencing God and you feel that he's here with you and he wants you to, to impact you, you know what, just raise your hand and respond to him because he desires to touch your life today. And if there's people here and you know that God has made you for more and maybe you haven't impacted the world the way God has called you to do, or he's about to use you in that way, just raise your hand and respond to him and say, God, today I decide to be this for you. I will live for you. I will follow you. And in that, I'll let you impact my world. Just respond to him. God, we praise you. We lift your name. You are a holy God. Change our world. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.